Hi, I'm Reverend Carol Saunders, host of The Spiritual Forum. I'm here with a lot of interesting people who are consciously walking the spiritual path, experiencing and expressing the divine in unique ways and through unique lenses. Everyone here has wisdom to share and an interesting story to tell, all to inspire you on your spiritual path. Welcome to The Forum. Welcome to The Spiritual Forum, everyone. I'm so glad you're here. I have just a couple things to remind you of. Again, the retreat at Unity Village, the Whole Planet Spirituality Retreat, and that's going to be October the 19th through the 22nd. You can find out more about that at thespiritualforum.org slash retreat. And many of you know I'm on YouTube. I'm starting to get a bigger YouTube following. So if you're there, please subscribe. And if you are an Apple, please rate, review, all of that good stuff. And as I've said on the last 10 or so podcasts, I am a 100% donation-based podcast, and so that's how this one gets funded, at least until I have to resort to advertising, <laughs> but I like this. I like the uninterrupted podcast, so thank you, everyone who's donated, and if you're even considering it, you know, I'd appreciate if you just push that button. Just a little bit from a few people will help a lot, so thank you so much, and let me introduce my guest today. Today, I have Carmen Turner Schott. She was born with intuitive abilities that she inherited from her maternal grandmother. At the age of 16, she had a supernatural experience and began studying astrology, metaphysics, and Edgar Cayce material. Today, she's a licensed clinical social worker, psychological astrologer, author, certified Reiki master energy healer, quantum healing hypnosis practitioner, and Akashic Records International Consultant. She's also an avid dream researcher. Carmen brings her knowledge of astrology together with all these multiple modalities to help people with healing and psychological processing. Her goal is to share the love of astrology and make it understandable on a practical level to help people see what a powerful psychological tool astrology can be. She's the author of nine books on astrology and healing, including her most recent, Phoenixes and Angels, Mastering the 8th and 12th Astrological Houses. And that's what we're probably going to be focusing our conversation on today. Welcome, Carmen. Hi, thanks for having me. It's great, great, great to have you. I'm excited to talk to you about Phoenixes and Angels. I'm very, very attracted to the whole Phoenix symbol. So we'll probably learn more about that. But before we get into your book and your astrological, I always like to start with telling me your story. So if you wouldn't mind just telling your spiritual yes. story, I know I just just barely touched this, this experience you had when you were a child. I know you can go into that and tell us how you got to where you are today. Sure, sure. So well, when I was little, I was always very imaginative and, and just very empathic, you know, and, and sensitive. And I always had to have the nightlight on and I was afraid of the dark and, and I would dream. And apparently I was a sleepwalker. I, I don't really remember a lot of that, but my mother said I would sleepwalk and they would wake me up. I'd do it at the house and the hotels and, and I wouldn't know. I'd be acting out dreams. And so I was always just very, very much a vivid dreamer. And so I was always writing my dreams down. And, and then in high school, I always felt different from everyone. And, and, and I was just very sensitive and intuitive and I would kind of know things and I didn't know why. And I was always just very spiritual. I believed in angels and I was just kind of born with a belief in, in a higher power. And, and I loved, you know, learning about angels and all these things. So in high school, 
I had lost a friend through an accidental shooting, and it was a really big thing in our town. It was really devastating. It was the first person I ever knew that died, and that really changed me and really got me in touch with the eighth house, which at the time I didn't know astrology, and I, I didn't know I had a lot of eighth house planets, which is Phoenix energy and and death and rebirth and healing and all these things. So I had that loss that really changed me. And that same year, I was a senior in high school, and I played basketball. And I came back from a game one night and I went to bed and I always had to have my bed facing the door with the door open and a nightlight on in the bathroom. And our house was small. So my parents' room was right across from mine. They could see into my door. Well, my brother and dad were out of town on a fishing trip. I remember it was just me and my mother. And I woke up, I went to bed normally, woke up in the middle of the night and looked at my doorway and I saw a glowing ball of light about bigger than a softball. And it was translucent, yellow, white, looked like water, but it was yellowy white. And it was floating there. And I kept opening my eyes, closing them, thinking, am I sleeping? Am I dreaming? No, I'm awake. Uh, And I was scared because it was the unknown. And so I tried to yell and I had no voice. I couldn't move. I was frozen. So I was frozen. I couldn't move. I couldn't yell. I couldn't get up or anything. And I laid there and watched it forever. And the only thing I had control of it was my mind. And I kept praying, please don't have it come in my room <laughs> because I, you know, I was 16. I, I was afraid. And, and now I, I hit myself and wish I, you know, wouldn't have been so afraid, but I couldn't go over to it anyway, cause I couldn't move. But eventually it released me is the only way I know how to describe it. Or I, I was able to yell for my mother and said, look in my doorway. And, and she, she yelled back. I said, do you see it? Yes. And then she was, and we were yelling back and forth and it took off, came right back in my door sill, but it never came in my room. And she said, I said, what is it? She said, I don't know. She goes, maybe it's a lightning bug. Maybe someone's shining a flashlight in your window. I'm like, no, it has form. <laughs> and, and my mother, you know, she was such a skeptic, but she saw this thing and she'll tell to this day, we just talked about it Sunday when I went to visit them in Rollin. And she said, oh, it, I saw it. She told my dad it, it was there. And so she finally saw something that I had experienced. So I had a witness, so to speak. So the next day, she's like, I don't know what that was. And I got obsessed with learning about, you know, the pyramids and orbs and angels and spirit guides. And I was reading all these books. And I went to this little bookstore in St. Louis. I know you were born there called Mystic Valley that had been around since the 70s. I I had never really been in there, but I knew, you know, it was there. So we went there one week and I went in and I was looking around and I got a little astrology book and it was about Virgo, which is my sun sign. And and I read it and it was so much like my personality. And I was interested in psychology. You know, I wanted to major in that. And I thought, oh my gosh, why is this so accurate? So I just started teaching myself astrology at age 16, 17, started doing charts by hand. You know, back in those days, we didn't have computers. So you had to do the ruler and know the symbols and draw them and the aspects. And I don't know how I did it, looking up longitude. I did that in the 90s. and then I became like doing full-time consultations for, for fun in the St. Louis area when I was 19 through college for people at the St. Louis Bread Company. I'd meet students. I would send emails out at WashU and people would meet me and I would do their chart. And they, I started seeing these patterns and seeing how accurate it was and how I could use it as a tool, as a psychological tool, really to help people. And it became my passion. And so I started a website, you know, I used to be called the Astrological Self-Awareness Center. Then I changed it to Deep Soul Divers Astrology. And and that's been my research 
is really surrounded around trauma, healing, transformation, spiritual gifts. And I started researching that a lot of people that I did charts for that had eighth and 12th house planets had these spiritual abilities and they didn't understand why. And and they felt very different from everyone in their life, just like I did. And I started realizing, wow, I'm not the only one out there. (laughs) There's people like me. And so I started collecting research and I've been researching the eighth and 12th houses for 30 years now. And I, I've wrote, you know, I self-published some books about the eighth house and I have a 12th house book as well called The Mysteries of 12th House Fallen Angels that came out last summer. But this this year I decided to put both houses together and call it Phoenixes and Angels and and really want to share client stories and people from all over the world have emailed me for my articles. And that's kind of what started my research and my writing was is realizing, wow, this is this is helping people and I wanna I want to do videos. I want to write. I want to do more to help people with planets in the eighth and 12th. And then, and also uh, what makes someone an angel, what makes someone a Phoenix? You know, a lot of times people ask me that, well, what makes someone an angel is if you have the sun, moon, or three or more planets in the 12th house. And if you have a lot of Pisces in your chart, Pisces, sun, Pisces, moon, Pisces rising, I also consider you an angel. That means you have those 12th house abilities, dreaming, intuition, empathic abilities, right? Interested in astrology and healing and helping people. And so I call them angels because it's like they live in the mystical realm. Like they have one foot in the spiritual, one foot in the practical, and they have to learn to have boundaries to protect their energy and to be able to, you know, be in the real world. They can't escape and, and, and hide away. They have to go out in the real world. So it's hard, you know, it's kind of like they fell to earth and they're like, what am I doing here? Right? And I don't belong here. I know I'm a soul. They tell me this, right? They know they're not a body. And 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 it's I'm like, you're an angel. That's why. And so it's kind of neat. And then the tw- the eighth house is the house of ruled by Scorpio. And it's, you know, very powerful energy. And it's the house of death, loss, rebirth, healing, trauma, transformation, all these very deep my- mystical things, secrets right? Research, other people's resources, inheritance, sacrifice, you know, all these very deep and transforming things, you know, emotionally. And so when planets are there, the sun, moon, or more than three planets, or you have a lot of Scorpio in your chart, could be Scorpio, sun, moon, or rising. I call them phoenixes because they tell me that throughout their life, they go through these emotional, mental, physical rebirths where they completely wake up and they're a different person. And this kind of happens throughout their life, you know, right? And, and, and they're phoenixes. They rise from the ashes, stronger and more resilient. And that's why I call the eighth house the most resilient house in our birth chart. Interesting. Gosh, thank you so much. There's a lot in there. I want to pull out a few things, but I have to say that uh, I told you I I have a a kind of an affinity for the phoenix. And sometimes I use that as a personal symbol, not ever having known that this eighth house thing, I mean, that's, that's, it's, it's all brand new to me that the eighth house is this Phoenix. And as I was reading your book, I, you know, I learned that, like you said, it's associated with death and transformation. And I, I, I didn't really identify with the death part, but then I started thinking today, I was born into grief. Like I was born into a family that was grieving my, my paternal grandparents and my my father's brother passed 
you know, a year or two before I was born. And so I was born into grief and it, I didn't know them at all, but I know that it was impactful in my own family. And then my mother had two miscarriages after me. And so there, you know, I was young, but there was death there. But it was, again, like I wasn't, if, if I were to say, did I have death in my life as a child? I would say no. But then when I look at it, it kind of showed up in a different way. And then the other thing that I, I really, really identify with is the, 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 the phoenix in terms of transformation and this, this waking up as a new person. I, I, I can definitely say that I don't, wake, I don't feel like I wake up as a new person, but I could go back and look at 10-year segments of my life and say, that was this segment, and then I turned into that. And then I turned into that, and then I turned into that, and now I'm this. And I also say that my husband says he's been married to many different women, and they've all been me. <laughs> oh yeah, that's really cool. That that yeah. is so that's so eighth house. It's very, it's 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 like this energy of change and this energy of wanting to grow and. And and the universe kind of forces eighth house people or you know or Phoenix and Scorpios to to start over again. You know, it's like emotional and and what you said too. It's very interesting being born into a family where there was grief going on, or and and this is very much also an eighth house pattern where they they were born into a family and and maybe you know, there was a loss right before they were born, you know, and they say that, you know, when there's a death, there's often life or a birth in a family, you know, that's kind of a, a thing that we see. And so that affects you as a child, you know, as a soul, when you came in and, and your birth chart is the map of your soul. So when your soul chose to be born on the month, day, year, time, place, all the karma and all the situations and parents, we pick our parents and everything was set up for you to, to do your soul mission. You know, and that's why we're all here in the chart. Our birth chart can show that it's like you take a picture of the sky when you're born and we put it on a piece of paper and it, it's a wheel with 12 areas. We call them houses, which are areas of life. It's like we break it into a pie and, and the planets are in all of the different 12 star constellations, houses, when you're born and, and everyone has a unique birth chart, even twins can have a different moon sign you know, it's like their emotional nature can be different, how they think Mercury could shift into another house. You know, there's lots of things that, that can change. So even twins charts are, are slightly different. And even though they're born pretty close apart, but some twins look alike, but are very different emotionally. That's because they're maybe born three or four hours apart or, you know, things like that. And so I love astrology because to me, it's energy. And, and, and it's, I've always been very sensitive to energy. And, and now it's, I just practice when I meet people in person specifically, I'll be able to feel their, their energy. And I'll know that they have Scorpio or Pisces and Capricorn or whatever. I feel the, the elements like the earth, fire, air, and water in their personality. And I'll be able to tell them. And then when I do their chart, I, I'm usually validated. And, and so it's a science. It really is when you know the energies and, and how it all plays out in the different traits and personality types. It's just like Myers-Briggs or, you know, the different 12 archetypes, you know, you, it goes back to ancient times, even in the Bible with the 12, you know, sons of Jacob, the 12 disciples, you know, each have their own personality. And, and that's associated with astrology as well. 
And so I believe there's a lot of astrology hidden throughout the Bible and, and in different religions through the ancient times. So it's, it, there's something to it. And, and I believe that, that it's, it's here to help us know ourselves. It's like a great tool of self-awareness and to understand other people. And then when you understand yourself and others, life gets a lot easier because then you realize, okay, this, they're not doing this to hurt me. This is just their personality or, or I know how I am and I need to have better boundaries, right? And, and take care of myself and, and attract healthy relationships or, you know, whatever the issue is. And so we, we can start changing our life and for the better when we kind of know the basics of our chart. Yeah, I'm really a, a big fan of lots of personality systems. I love Myers-Briggs. I'm qualifying Myers-Briggs. I love the Enneagram. I love astrology. I'm just not I'm just not really adept at astrology, but I do like to kind of dig into it a little bit. And I find it, I find it very, very interesting because I, like I like to try to understand people. So I think we should talk a little bit about how you use this 8th and 12th house knowledge to help people. And I, I know we've kind of gone into the 8th house. I don't know if, if we've gone enough into the 12th house. Maybe, the, maybe you want to expound on, on that a little bit too. Sure, sure. So, so the eighth and twelfth both, when you have planets in there, they both have a similar. They're they're they have they share common things. So they both kind of rule secrets. They both are hidden. So if you have planets there, there's parts of yourself or personality that are kind of hidden from people that you hide. So the twelfth house are secrets that you hide from yourself. Illusion delusion. You don't see things clearly because it's Neptune, Pisces energy, right? That's the secrets are, you're just not aware of it. Where the eighth house are, are secrets that you know, that you see and observe and perceive because you're intuitive, but people around you might deny it. And so you kind of see the truth. So it, mm. it, the energy kind of comes out a little different. If you think of Pisces and Scorpio, you know, they're both water signs. They both rule, you know, these, they rule these houses. So they have a little bit of a different energy, right? Scorpio's more intense, more powerful, more, you know, just very control and power kind of an energy, very powerful. Where Pisces is more mystical energy, spiritual, artistic, creative. And so it's a lighter energy. So the 12th house also rules escapism. It also is associated with, you know, being a nun, a monk, a rabbi, a priest, being in a spiritual order where everyone dresses alike, where you, you're away from the real world pursuing a spiritual path. So the 12th house is the house of, of cosmic consciousness, finding your oneness with, with God, you know, meditation, all of these very deep things that help you find out why you're here and that you're a soul. And the 12th house is so powerful because you're, it's the house of service, of spiritual service. So when you have planets there, you have to help people because that's part of your destiny. And as long as you do so, you have a lot of blessings. And both of these houses come with challenges because there's a little bit of pain and suffering. And that's why a lot of the old books, when I was learning astrology, they were scary. Because there wasn't a lot of positive stuff in these books about having planets in the eighth and twelfth, and I was like, <laughs> "Wow, this is this is scary, right?" I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" So I, I'm like, "There has to be more to this." So in astrology, a lot of people are afraid of of the twelfth and eighth house 
And so that's kind of what got me wanting to use these houses to help people because I knew what I read was not helpful. And I had an astrology reading when I was 19. And they told me this, that your son is in the 12th house. Anything you put before God will get taken away from you. Quote. And I was like, wow. And I'm like, okay, how do you, but they didn't give me any tips or skills to understand what that meant. And, and I realized I, I always kind of put relationships and having a, a, a partner or, or other people like that was my thing to have a relationship. And I had a lot of loss and, and pain and heartache through love when I was younger. And that was meant to happen because I had Venus in the 12th house and my son and my main identity. So I had to go through that and really realize that I'm here to be spiritual and I'm here to, to have a relationship with, with a higher power. So when I finally learned that, um, everything got easier. But I meet so many people that would tell me, you know, I, I'm idealistic. I'm looking for a soulmate, you know, all these things. And I, and I learned the hard way on now that like we have to love ourselves when you have 12th house planets, you have to be your own soulmate. Like you, cause our standards so high, no human being can ever fulfill you and love you like you love yourself and that God can love you. Right. So that's a lesson that 12th house people, that's why I call them angels because they, it, it reminds me of that movie with Nicholas Cage city of angels where he, he was an angel and he decided to fall and become human. And, and when he did that, everything was painful. <laughs> I mean, she passed away. He, he became an, he left being an angel for a, for her, for a relationship. And then she died. And then he, he, you know, he was hurting cause he was in a body and, and he kind of made a mistake, right. Giving up his angel wings. So 12th house people have to balance the spiritual and the practical world. And they have to learn to live in the in the real world and to and to pay bills and do all these things that they don't really want to do. They rather, you know, read and be mystical and meditate and learn spiritual things and and have peace and harmony. But they have to they have to have a tough skin and, and develop those boundaries so they can do what their soul mission is, which is to help people. And so the twelfth house rules dreams, sleep. That's why most twelfth house people. I would say out of a thousand charts, if I randomly selected a thousand 12th house people's charts, 999, all, almost all of them would have told me they had a dream that happened in their life. At least once they dreamed of the future and, and they're dreamers. They, they get psychic information through their dreams. They, I've done it my whole life. I dream about what's going to come. And I dreamed that about both my grandmothers before they passed away, they came in my dream. And I knew when I woke up that they were going to, that they were going to pass away. And so it kind of prepares you for that. And I thought, wow, I'm the only one that does this. No. So I started a 12th house astrology group on Facebook when it was, when Facebook was brand new and an eighth house astrology group. And they've been around since the beginning, since like 2010. And I have like 15,000 members, people from all over the world. And they share the same stories. They dreamed of their grandparent or their mother or father before they passed. They they dreamed of uh, major life, you know, changes in the world, like 9-11, the tsunami, you know, earthquakes. And, and this is a common pattern of having, you know, planets in the 12th house and they have spiritual abilities. They have, they all have spiritual gifts. Some of them see auras, some of them feel energy. They, they, they attract people that have pain and trauma, and then they're able to help them. And then the eighth house is similar. It rules, it rules things associated with the dead. So debts, 
other people's resources, other people's money, things that people sacrifice for you financially. It could also be spiritual inheritance. You know, maybe I find that, you know, if the moon is there, you might inherit a spiritual gift from the maternal side. Or if, if the sun is there, you might inherit a spiritual gift from the, the parental, you know, the, the, the father side. But often there is some type of a debt where you pay debts and taxes, all those things that have to do with, with people when they pass. Paying for funeral, mm. paying, inheriting land. I mean, you know, this is really interesting too. The eighth house, it, it, it rules your marriage and partner's money, okay? And so this happened to me. You know, I have a lot of planets in the eighth, my moon, my Jupiter, my Chiron. And, and I always wondered, you know, I never inherited any money yet you know, or anything, but my, father, my uh, husband's father passed away unexpectedly a couple of years ago and they had a, a farm in Iowa. And then, and we had a lot of debts we had to pay off to keep the land and, and all these things. And it all played out I'm like, wow, this is my eighth house. And now my husband and his brother own, own the land, their names are on it. And, and now we, you know, we, we have this, this property, but you know, this is the kind of way the eighth house plays out. And then also people help you. You have like benefactors, you know, that you never knew that might help you do, you know, maybe not money, but they help you in some way with your spiritual path or, you know, all these different things. Okay. So I've got a question. I did all the, all of my charts in my family and I looked at who's got the eighth planets in the eighth house. Who's got planets in the 12th house. And, and part of me was like, Hmm, that doesn't apply to so-and-so, or that doesn't apply to so-and-so or that does apply to so-and-so. And so can I, what I'm kind of wondering is if let's say, for example, somebody who has uh, planets in the 12th house and, and I, you know, I'm not really seeing the, the angel thing. I'm not really seeing the dreams and I'm not seeing the cosmic consciousness and the meditation and being aware of the spiritual path and all. What would you say is going on there? Well, what, let me ask you this, what planets are they? Because that's going to matter. Oh, okay. Like for, oh gosh, I'd have to go look. Let me ask you this. Some of the, the more challenging aspects of the 12th house might be what you see in, in some people. So let me, let me touch on that. I didn't touch on that. Addiction. Addiction is a 12th house thing. So it, it's because of that need to escape from the world. There are a lot of 12th house people that that have alcohol issues. Okay, this is this is through my research. Or any kind of anything that you use to numb yourself to escape from feeling things. Okay. It could be food, it could be work addiction, it could be exercise addiction, it could be relationships and love, it could be alcohol, it could be drugs, right? Smoking. It could be a lot of things. So there's there's a pattern there where people have to be careful about addiction. And and there's also a pattern where people have depression or some type of mental struggles, okay, with anxiety. That also rules the 12th house. It rules hospitals, asylums. You know, these are the the scary things about the 12th house. But it also, you know, right, and, and it also rules feeling like a victim. This is the negative side of the 12th house, that 12th house planets can sometimes make people feel like everyone's out to get them. And, and they may not trust their intuition, depending on what planet is there. So I, I guarantee it's, if it's the sun or moon, they would resonate with the angel energy. But if it's like Mercury, that would mean that their mind is a very deep and they might keep their thoughts private and their communication might be secretive. They may not be able to communicate well what they really feel. 
because they're it, everything's turned inward when planets are in the 12th house. So there's different ways to look at each planet. It would really depend on what planet is there. Yeah, and I would think that, but but the astrological chart is also kind of complicated. So you've got all of these different, you know, signs and pl- placements and all that are interacting, or in, or I shouldn't say interacting, but having an impact. And so you it know, and that's blocked. why, like, yeah, it could be blocked. Yeah, yeah. there could be a, a square, which is aspect between planets. A square means that the one planet's winning and the other is blocked. So they may have a they may have a square going on with Saturn or something that is blocking that that twelfth house uh, spiritual side could be yeah I'd, I'd have okay. to see the the whole chart because you're right that you know you you got to look at everything and then you know it depends yeah that, but- that's that's what I was thinking because I know that I know there's times where I read I have my chart read and it's like well that 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 jives that doesn't or that doesn't but i think there's this whole composite you know where you look at every planet and every house and and how they're positioned and and all of that and so you know the general paragraphs don't always apply because there's all these forces that are kind of interacting so so let's talk about how this helps people i would imagine if you were a person that had a lot of transformation in your life or a lot of death and rebirth in your life and you're like what the heck is happening in my life that it could be helpful to go well this is part of your chart how does this help people and how do you guide people where they have planets in the eighth or the twelfth house yeah i think you know the biggest thing is you know with my groups and and when i do charts for people i tend to just attract people that have planets in these houses you know because they they've seen my books and things and what i do is it, it validates their life experience. So a lot of them, you know, especially eighth house people, they, they, they do good in crisis situations. They, they attract people that have problems and that want to share everything with them, right. And tell them all their secrets and they just listen and, and they, you know, they, they help, but they like, why, what is it about me and my energy that people come up to me in the grocery store? This is what they tell me. And, 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 and people will share this with me. And I'm like, let me look at your chart because I lose, I use tropical placidus. Okay. There's different house systems. So some people use whole sign to me. That's not as accurate as placidus house system. So, you know, I got to make sure, you know, people have done their chart a certain way and then I do it and I'd use a different system and it changes the placement of the houses. Right. But when I meet them, I'm like, listen, this is what I see. And I know nothing about them. And they're like, that happened to me. And I'm like, okay. And then I also can look at transits. We want to see a transit chart, which is all the planets are transiting our birth chart and they're affecting all of our areas of life. And we all have like a unique transit chart. So it's like we, we take a picture of the sky right now, and we put it on top of your birth chart and I can see what's going on. And if you have eighth and 12th house transits of major planets, there's going to be things going on. Okay. It's going to trigger things like if Pluto goes into the fourth house. I've always seen that there's usually a death of a loved one. There's a move. The career is affected as well because we always, in astrology, it's always about the, the polar opposite, you know, the second, the second house and 10th, you know, eighth house. And, you know, every house, every sign has a polar opposite that we have to look at, you know, that's affected too. But, but no, I use it to help them validate their experience, explain to them why they went through certain hard things that they went through. And that it was for a reason. 
And, and, and a lot of them already kind of know that because these things, these really difficult life situations that eighth house and 12th house people go through, they become healers. They become spiritual. It, it awakens them to their spiritual gifts. And then they, I mean, almost all of them are doing spiritual work. I very rarely, maybe a handful that aren't doing spiritual work that have planets in the eighth and 12th houses or that are interested in these things or have a belief or open-mindedness to them. You know, they may not be an astrologer, but they, they think it's neat and they're interested in it. They may not be a Reiki master, but they're interested in, you know, in healing and maybe alternative medicine, you know, things like that. So they may not pursue it as a, as a career, but a lot of them do, you know, they become, you know, intuitive and, and they use these different gifts. And a lot of them go into counseling, social work, you know, medicine, you know, these different fields. And a lot of them do radio shows and podcasts. I've been on a lot of podcasts that are like supernatural podcasts, right? And, and I do their chart and I laugh, their eighth and 12th house sun and moon, you know, and, and, and the same as my chart. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is interesting. So there's a belief in, in these strange mystical things or an interest. And so then they realize, oh, I'm not alone. I, I'm not weird. I'm like, no, you're not, you're not weird. This is your chart. And, and these are your gifts. These are things you can do to heal. And, and also how astrology can help just knowing the basics of astrology, your sun sign, your moon sign, and your rising. Those are what we call the top three. That's really important because the sun's your main identity. The moon is your inner nature, your emotional nature, how you love, how you find emotional fulfillment, happiness, uh, you know, where you find comfort and stability. And then the rising sign is how you relate to stress and how people perceive you and how they, you know, how you physically look. And so all these things, just knowing the basics can help you heal by tapping into your strengths. You know, like if you're an Aries, tapping into your courage, into your, your anger, your rage can help you overcome challenge because you just, Aries like to act. They like to keep going and they like, they get over things quickly. They're, they're resilient where a Taurus is going to hold on to the past more and it's going to take them a little longer to heal. Because they're very nostalgic and they're very, they don't like change. They like stability. And so they need to learn to let go and to forgive and to embrace new things. You know, that's how they heal. So each sign kind of has these, these basic opposite natures that they can tap into to heal and to, to embrace change and to become stronger, which I call resiliency. Because, you know, when you, when you not, you don't just become resilient, you become resilient when you go through something hard. And, and I, I had that happen in my life several times. And I, I thought, wow, I look back and I never thought I was going to get through these things. You know, it was just really hard emotionally, but I did. And, and, and what helped me was having to tap in and, and utilize the things that help a Virgo, because I, I, I don't like change. You know, earth signs don't like change. Virgos like to control things. We are analyzers. We're, we're uh, communicators, but we overthink and we worry. So I had to overcome worry and have more trust in the universe, right? Do positive affirmations and get away from the negative worry because that will just keep you in a, in this, in this wheel and you're never going to be able to move forward with things. And so I've used it in my own life, the basic tips. And, and I think that everyone really just tells me that they feel like they're not alone. You know, when they read my eighth and 12th house books and when they are my groups, they know that these are gifts they have. It's not a curse. 
you know, they'll say it's a blessing and a curse to have eighth and 12th house planets because you do have to, there is loss. You know, I, I will say this, most people that I know that have the sun or moon in the eighth house has lost someone close to them, not always a parent, but it could be a parent or a friend or a loved one. And that they also have a connection to the the meaning of life. Like they, when they're little, they tell me they lay in bed at night and think, what if I die? Where do I go? Like there's an interest in the other side. There's a, and some of them would even wake up in the night and see someone standing at the foot of their bed when they were children. They didn't know what that was. They were afraid that they're, they're, they're connected to, to death and spirits and the other side that, that eighth house Scorpio energy is very deep and, and it's connected all those kind of experiences. And some of them tell me they're deaf doulas. They work in hospice. They work their funeral home directors. You know, they're in these career fields that are very much dealing with death and, and rebirth and healing and helping families grieve and, and all of these things. And, and they never really knew that was their eighth house till I did their chart. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, this is your eighth house. And, and some of them are psychologists, you know, working with trauma survivors. You know, some of them are EMTs. You know, they like crisis. They're firefighters. They're police officers, FBI agents. Because the eighth house is also about research and digging deep and solving crimes and finding the secrets and the hidden things, right? And and all the stuff. So I do see a lot of people in law enforcement that have eighth house planets and Scorpio uh, as well. But but yeah, it helps people heal. It helps. Yeah, them- I could see it, it. It helps people. I think it helps people validate like who they are. And and I do think this kind of like oh, I'm not alone is kind of helpful. I. I know the, you mentioned a few things that really resonate with me. I have two planets in the eighth house and also my, my node is there. So I don't have anything in the 12th house, but that's what I've got going on in the, in the eighth house. And I mentioned that I have lots of deaths and rebirths in my own life. And what I mean by, for example, like I, I I was an engineer, That that's dead to me now. <laughs> completely transformed and did something completely different. But but when I was in, in engineering and when I was working in an oil refinery, wow, <laughs> in, wow, in the 80s, you know, before women were really really there, there were we had I had women friends there, but we were the beginning wave of all that. And I I would have people, and and even when I when I worked when I worked in the headquarters and also worked in the refinery, I would have people all the time coming up and telling me about their lives, and I'd be sitting there listening. And, and people would people would say, "What's well, because you're a woman?" No, it wasn't because I was a woman, because there were women that were coming to me. The secretaries would come to me, and I found myself in that situation all the time. I remember my boss going, "You know, it takes you so long to get out from the yes. plant." You know, yes, because they're coming up to you. <laughs> Exactly. That's, that's your energy. And, and, and I, I describe it like eighth house people. This is what it is. So the eighth house is everything taboo and hidden and dark and secretive. So it's like, there's a flashlight, like you light up like a, like a flame and, and, and your energy, it shines and people can tell that they can share these deep taboo things with you. And, and it is, it is, it is eighth house. I, I, I was the same way. And, and I, and even at work, you know, when I had jobs as a social worker, it, mortal enemies would come like past my, they come in and out of my, they come in my office and they're all telling me their problems. They're, they're, they're asking my help. Then they walk out that, and then, you know, they're not, it was funny. I was like the open door therapist in the office, you know, 
and or they'll tell me about their dreams, you know, and, and they would come in and, and I would say, oh, no, that's a good dream. It means this. And everybody would laugh, you know, so they knew that I was into this. But we become the people that that people share very, very personal things with that they don't normally share. And this happens to 12th Housers, too, but both. But it's a little different because with 8th House, it's, it's 8th House people are more listeners, where 12th House people, they want to take on that person's pain. So twelve. that's why they're angels. And, and that's what gets them hurt and gets them where they feel depressed. And because, no, eight, eighth house, you can cut, eighth house is Scorpio. Scorpios can cut people off and block unwanted things. And, and they can just move on and, and they don't take on people's karma. They're like, no, they don't do that. It's a little different the way the energy, you know, shows up. But yeah, I get that. I'm also one, somebody who can keep secrets. I. I won't tell people what they've told me. And then the other thing is the kind of the, the preoccupation or interest in the other side. When I, when I look at, when you, you talk about like lying in bed at night as a child, I mean, I, I, did, I did think about death a lot as a child. Not so much me dying, but like my parents dying and, or you know, something like what, what would happen. And, and I actually, as an adult, I feel, I feel very comfortable with death, even though I haven't had a lot of, both my parents have died. I had a niece, a highly, highly, highly Scorpio niece, pass strangely at the age of 26, and that was just a few years ago. And that's a whole chart I'd like to understand. But but this is death coming kind of later in life. But I, I death is something that my energy moves towards it. I I don't feel like I recoil around death. I'm just very curious. I'm I'm very comfortable being around people who are grieving. Or, you know, the, the dead body doesn't bother me. I'm kind of interested sure. in it. So anyway, yeah, <laughs> that that's like eighth house no, that's eighth house. All of that. Exactly. It, it, it we can talk about it and, and it doesn't make us feel uncomfortable yeah. and, and, yeah. and that we're, we're able to, and I, you know, I meant, I was talking to an astrologer and, and I knew he had the sun in the eighth house and, and I asked him, what was it like for, you know, this connection to death, did you ever lose anyone? And he said he hadn't lost anyone close to him, but what he did do when he was a child, he dreamed about his death. And uh. so, so there's ways that it comes in. And, and I had a, a lady tell me once you're connected to death. And I just, and I thought, wow. And, and she, I knew she didn't know astrology, but I, I said, I am because I dream about when someone's going to go, they come in my dream. And, and I've had that happen and I never really told, you know, this lady didn't know this and, and I realized there is something about it and, and I don't try to do it. You know, I, I kind of really try to block it in a way, you know, I, I don't pursue it's it. In, it's information that's not help. I mean, it's, why do you want that information? Yeah. You know, it's like, it's overshare. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I would be at a grocery store and I remember in, in graduate school, and, and people, a lady came up to me and said, you know, my husband just died and, and started telling me all these things and cried. And I went up here to get groceries about three, four months ago up in town here. And a lady was in the aisle and she just started asking me about some ham. And then she started telling me her son had cancer and he was not okay. And, and she was just opened up and I, I was there an hour in the aisle just listening. Mm -hmm. and, 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 I, and I just thought, yeah, it's, it's eighth house, you know, and, and she really needed support. And there's something about our energy, I think that other eighth and 12th house people tell me that they do the same people come mm -hmm. up to them. And, 
And it's amazing. And they didn't realize they had eighth house because they didn't know astrology. I'd do their chart or I met a girl that's an author and I did her chart. She's eighth house stellium. And she started sharing with me. Yeah, when I was little, that would happen. And people would tell me their stories and, and she would know when someone was hurt, she could feel their energy. And, and so she never realized that was her eighth house. But I know when you start learning this, it validates, like you said, you know, our, our interests and our, mm-hmm. our experience and, and all those things. It's really neat. And, and I love, you know, there, I love helping people with planets here just to, to tap into their strengths and to, and to let them know, you know, they can be, they can do the spiritual path, but they have to be in the real world as well. And, and balance, you know, they're here for a reason, but very different houses, different energies, different things, but similarities, right. With secrets, just a different kind of secret. It just kind of plays out that Pisces Scorpio are, are very different energy traits, you know, personality traits, but it's, it's amazing. The stories I've heard, I mean, it's just, I'm collecting some research right now on eighth house people to do an article. So I got about, I asked for people to, you know, that want to participate. I had five questions and I had about 200 people email me from my group that wanted to participate. So I'm going to start looking at the charts, looking at the responses. Some of them sent me audio and just listening to them. I got teary eyed hearing their their Uh answers to the questions were just so amazing and and losing their grandfather or their grandmother and how that affected them just really personal stories and and then you know it was awesome and 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 all of them really had the five the five traits the five patterns and and had resonated with that so I'm doing research about it to see once in a while there's one or two that don't and then I look at the chart to kind of why is that you know what is different but then when I start talking to them they do have the pattern really you know like for the like the 12th house is it's known that sometimes you feel like you're, you have an absent or missing parent. Okay. Could be, if the sun or moon is there, it could be the father, an absent missing father figure, even though they're in the home, they may be there, but you just never felt like you had a bond with them until you get older. You know, that, that often is a pattern. I see that when they get older, then they're close to their father. But when they're growing up, they feel like their father was never there. Like there was something secretive about it. Or the moon there. Sometimes the mother, they have, they feel like they're the parent to the mother. So these are patterns that I see, you know, with different placements in the 12th and 8th. And, and, and I start talking and she goes, well, no, my dad and mom are both here. And, and I never felt like they, and then she says, but I, when I was little, I felt like my dad really never talked to me and he was never around because he was always traveling. So it, it plays out in different ways where they were kind of absent. But they, they were in the house or they were still there or their parents divorced or they, they never knew their father or their mother or they were adopted. A lot of them tell me they, they never knew they were adopted and they found out and they always felt like they didn't belong to their family. And mm. so there's these different ways it can play out in the research. But um, I'm collecting stories and, and, and their answers to these questions to see, you know, these different eighth house things right now. And I've already done that with the 12th house as well. And I got an article coming out next year with with the astrology magazine thing about the research on the 12th house. And so I'm really excited. I'm trying to do more quantitative research, you know, not just anecdotal. I mean, I got all the personal stories. I know it's accurate. I know it's true, but I want to try to do more scientific research on it, you know. Okay. Well, it seems like the the like my podcast is a spiritual forum. It seems like the spiritual people generally would be in have planets in these two houses if they're yeah so 
And, and then I, the other thing I'm kind of wondering is if somebody is like an outlier and if they're not really expressing what you would expect with planets in the eighth or 12th house, could we talked about how a planet could be squaring and blocking it. Could it also be that they're, they're kind of not yet stepping into their purpose? That's, that is exactly because really, it, I don't want to get too complex, but, but in, in astrology, the north node of the moon is our soul mission and the south nodes are our past lives. We're not even, we don't even feel our north node until after the first Saturn return after age 30. That's when we first start feeling our soul mission pull and life changes and all these things happen to us and get us on a new path. And we're just just starting moving towards the North Node at age 31, really. And then by the time we have our second Saturn return, by the time people are 61, when I do their chart, they're in their North Node, doing the sign and in the area of life it's in. They're, they're in their soul mission. So they may still be stuck in that South Node, you know, because it's, it's balanced and, it's, and you have to let go of the old and make and start moving towards your mission. And if you don't, the universe will blindside, you know, and it does things to get you where you need to go. So I always tell people, don't worry, you're going to get there no matter what. But here are tips. These are what I, I want you to read all about. You know, if you're a cancer North node, I want you to read all about cancer because you're meant to be a cancer. And if it's in the 10th house, you need to focus on a career in the public and work. If it's in the fourth house, you're meant to focus on home and family. You know, and, and there's, if it's in the, in the seventh, marriage and partnership, this is your learning, right? And so they could be living in that South Node still because they just mm -hmm. haven't had enough, you know, the age, it depends on how old they are, where they're at in life, and if they've had the experiences to get them into the North Node. But by the time they're 61, I guarantee they'll be doing their North Node. And, okay. and that, yeah. 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 I, that makes a lot of sense. So I do think we we're coming up, you know, we've got about five minutes or so, but I, I think, I think we need to share with people who may not know about all the stuff we're talking about. Let's see, we just still with us. Where, where do you recommend? I, I know where I get my charts done, but where do you recommend people go? If they go like, I don't know if I've got planets in the, in the eighth house or the 12th house, how do I find out? So what is yeah. your recommendation? So, so you can go, you can go to astro.com. That's where I go. <laughs> yes. Astro.com. And, and you need your, your date, month, year of birth. You need your exact time of birth to have the most accurate chart. So what's on your birth certificate or baby book, et cetera. And you need to know the city, state, country. Now, if you don't have your time, um, usually we tell people to use 12 PM, 12 noon. And it won't be, it won't be completely accurate, but it'll be, it'll, you'll be able to get a basic, where's my moon sign, you know, where's Mercury, you know, the basic things, but the time is critical to get an accurate chart, but you can also go to my website, CarmenTurnerShot.com, and I have a, a gift, a free gift, a little report I'll send you, and you can put your information in and I'll send you the wheel and report. And I'll be able to tell you if you have planets in the eighth and 12th house. So that's, that pops up on my website and I've been doing that for about six months now. And it's, it's been fun. Give me some time. It, it takes me, uh, I had like a hundred requests last week. So I've been digging through and, and I do it all myself with my program and I, I save it and email the person directly. So I've been doing that and, but you can find that out and there's basic books out there. You know, I have a, a book, Sun Signs, Houses and Healing that came out last year and it's, it's a whole basic guide 
The whole introduction is about how to calculate your chart. How, what are the symbols? What are the signs? What, is, what do they mean? What are the houses? All the basics. And then you can read about each sun sign. It has a whole chapter dedicated to them. So, But it's a very basic beginner guide. If you want to learn the basics, I write on a very basic level to make all of this understandable. So okay. there are, there's other books out there you can get that are very basic on the, ba- you know, learn how to calculate a chart, you know, all those. But astro.com, I talk about it in my book too, that you can go there to do the basics and what you need things like that. Yeah, that's that's where I've got all my family in astro.com. Yeah. Yeah. One last question. Do you have anything that you want to share with us astrologically about like what you see going on in the world? What's yeah. what we're going through right now? Is there anything that you can share with us that you see? Yes, right right now has been a very difficult time for a lot of people. And that's because we have multiple planets are retrograde in the sky right now. And so the, let's talk about the, the end of August. Okay, this is 2023. The end of August, we had a blue moon, full moon in Pisces. We had also Mercury turned retrograde, the plan of communication. Venus was retrograde. Jupiter just went retrograde. Saturn's retrograde. Neptune's retrograde. Uranus and Pluto. So all these planets <laughs> are retrograde. And what that means is they're it, they're spinning backwards in the sky. And in and, and my, the easiest way I explain it is the energy is blocked. And when a planet is retrograde, that energy that usually flows outwardly normal is turned inward. And so people are very, they feel physically ill. They're telling me, or emotional, like they're, they're wanting to cry or they just feel a little bit irritable or down or, or low energy. That's because right now, guys, everything is retrograde. It's all going to change. Next month, Pluto goes direct. So the planet Pluto will be spinning normal. And that's, that's going to help. And, but Jupiter just went retrograde until the end of December. So we have a couple months. And it went, it's retrograde in Taurus. So what's going on is it's going to be affecting people's finances and money and, and your comfort and stability. So it, there might be things, you know, you might have blessings because, you know, Jupiter is about good luck, good fortune. But because it's backwards, you really need to know where is Jupiter in your birth chart, because that, that'll show how it's going to affect you. And where is Jupiter transiting in your birth chart? What house is it is it messing with? Mine is in the ninth house of travel and learning and foreign travel, ninth house right now. It just left my eighth house, which is a good thing. And and it's, you know, I'm interested. I'm having some good things happen with my writing and, and my teaching and things like that. So it could bring blessings and good luck. But it can also bring a little bit of financial things because Taurus rules money and the second house and finance. And, and, and so it's in Taurus, which is going to make us think about, you know, our, our bills, our owning a home, our retirement. You know, all these things could be affected by the stock market, you know, things that are going on in the world. So people are kind of predicting like some struggles with homes, like maybe, you know, the housing market might be affected, right? There could be some things change with that, which, you know, it's been booming or, you know, the houses are like triple the price. So things might change with that by December. And so that's, and, and technology might become, there, there may be a big boom with technology, anything with technology. And that's Pluto. Pluto's getting ready to go in Aquarius for good. And it hasn't been in Aquarius fully since like the 1800s. So it kind of went in there last year, then it went back into Capricorn. Now it's, you know, it moved in, and coming up, it's going to be in Aquarius, and that's going to be a, a awakening, 
with science and technology and space travel and all of these things. And it's already we've got happened. a lot on the horizon. I, yes. I know we've got a lot on the horizon te- technologically, yes. and yes, uh, yes, that's a whole nother podcast. But yes. I'm going to have to close, Carmen. Sure. I really appreciate you coming with me. I'll have your website and their links to your Thank books you. and everything on your podcast page. And I know we're in for a ride coming up. <laughs> yes, I mean we're AI, in for a ride. yeah, you know, AI, 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 AI. robots, yeah, we robots, yeah. all this stuff. It's it's amazing and. Yeah, I'm really it. It's going to be the age of Aquarius when Pluto goes into Aquarius. I was going to say it is the dawning Aquarius. of the age of Aquarius. We're yes. we're in it, we're in it, and we chose to be here. That's right. Um, so thank you, Carmen, so much for sharing a, about the eighth house, the twelfth house. Astro.com is where you can learn about your own charts. Yes. And if you want to find out if you're a phoenix or an angel, you can yeah. check out Carmen's book. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And I now close the spiritual forum, but meet with me again next week for my next guest. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, you can let me know by leaving a positive rating and review on your favorite podcast app or make a tax-deductible donation at thespiritualforum.org. The Spiritual Forum is a podcast, prayer, and retreat ministry affiliated with Unity Worldwide Ministries. Thank you again for being a part of the Spiritual Forum community. And remember, you are an amazing, divine, and powerful being.